You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, Sid Talk, it was the Oscars last week, uh, and we did watch the Oscars on it's Sunday. Been like forever ago. No, it was on Sunday, the, just after we did the last podcast. And uh, how did you feel the Oscars went? We watched the whole thing, by the way. Apart from the red carpet. Don't watch the red carpet. No. I liked it. I'm getting less googly-eyed about it, so I don't care as much. I'm not going to be critical of it. It's a huge production. But it was fun. I like Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. It was fun. People, um, you know, when I said last year, or whoever was hosting one year and everybody was being critical of, of the host on Twitter and everything, this year I didn't see much about Neil Patrick Harris at all, like. But then the next day, I saw people all slagging him off, like saying his jokes were really lame and uh, he did a magic... He's a magician in real life, but his magic trick was just stupid, kind of pointless, the payoff to it. I think people are full of shit, so I wouldn't care. But I thought he was all right. (laughs) I think he was, you know, he wasn't like super offensive or, you know, he was... Well, it depends. I guess he said a couple of things that he was like... And congratulations to all the winners, which didn't include Paul Thomas Anderson. (laughs) Even right. though he was nominated. Um, I think more important than the Oscars is the loss of my friend. Also, Mr. The, Spock. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy died Friday. Um, yeah. He was 83. A, he was ill. So it's yeah. not like, you know, I mean, still sad. He'd even come public, hadn't he, about a year ago, I, I was reading and said, like, he hadn't got long left. And it was due to his smoking. He knew about he it. He thought. Hmm. Not necessarily. He'd stopped smoking 30 years ago or whatever, True. but... And my grandpa was convinced, though, he died of lung cancer, and he had stopped smoking 30 years before also, mm. and said he knew, he knew in his heart and mind would do it. that that's what the problem was. But there's no, you know, you never know. So, uh, live long and prosper. So they never should have stopped. <laughs> if they thought that was what was going to kill him. Live long and prosper doesn't count. Well, he did live long. 84 years is a prosper. long time. Yeah, yeah. 84 years is a long time. 83. And a lot of people um, really love Spock. because my- I love it. I just saw Spock everywhere, all over the place. Well, yeah. Uh, but you don't care about Star Trek, so you don't understand. I mean, I care. I, I like Le- Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, but you don't, it's not the same. But no, if it was Mark Hamill, for me. Exactly. Well, like, when it was Paul, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, it's really... Um, Tony Scott. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you've had a lot of losses in, the last, in your, in your entertainment world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of people that you connect with because of... You don't connect with them as a, a person. piece of art or... You connect with their work or whatever, but yeah. So, yeah. And no. what else did we just do? What was the before the after the show discussion? It wasn't really discussion. It was shoveling snow for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's pretty snowy <laughs> here at the moment. It's March and... Uh, I it think isn't March. It's February 28th. I don't know why you think it's March. It's March tomorrow. Right, but it's not today. All right, in, in, in about four hours. I'm just saying it isn't. So, it's no. February 28th. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think winter just came late this year because it was mild, 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 and then mild. all the snow seems to come mid-February. So yeah, I think it, I think I actually think that's how the world is working. I think the uh, the seasons are shifting slightly. You know, it always seems like that. Like summer seems to like everything seems to move about a month. Eventually. Every year. Not every year, but it's you've seems noticed to have now noticed. that it's a month off. Yeah, from what everything you're used seems to. everything seems a bit off. Maybe that's just by design. Maybe that's how the world works. By design. Yeah. 
Whoever designed the seasons. Nobody designed the seasons. Oh, my God. You don't want to start a God discussion, do you? No, I'm not talking about God. I'm going <laughs> by design. Like, it could have been... Um... Nobody designed anything. It just is what it is. <laughs> is that what we want this podcast to be about? It could be. The absolution of You know nothing? It could no... have been designed by somebody. I don't know nothing. I'm not saying God. I'm saying it could have been designed by some mad scientist, and we're all an experiment. That's a theory. We also could be in the Matrix. And the architect designed it. So. That's a theory. True. They're all theories. Those are actual theories about the origins. There's nothing but theories. You can't have anything else. Nobody knows. Nobody will ever know. So it is. Not true. We don't know that. No, somebody might come and tell us one day. But you never know. So it's Saturday, February the 28th. This is after the show number 365. We are a podcast that review movies. And this week's movie. So that number means that if we'd been doing this every day. For a year. This is as far as we went on. Yeah. 365. Oh, yeah, true. 365 uh-huh. episodes. Cool. So, um, th- we're, we review Blu-rays. And this week's Blu-ray that we're going to review is Nightcrawler, which is which was also up for an Oscar but did not win, but nominated for an Oscar for sound design. Ah. Um, so, this is a 2014 movie. It's already out on Blu-ray, so you can pick it up now. It's from our friends at Universal, rated R. And Sidtok, give us the synopsis for Nightcrawler. Well, it is a guy who sort of um, attaches himself to this creepy world of after-hours uh, filming of terrible things, like cr- crime victims and terrible accidents, to sell to the news, to the TV channels. True. That's it, really. So, An um, unstable person who does this. I want us to start by saying this is a fantastic film. I um, engaged with it almost immediately. I was like, wow, this character, the character that Jake Gyllenhaal plays is not your average movie character. He's, he's hard to... Is there an average movie character? He's very different to a, most characters that you see because... I couldn't get a handle on him for a long time, like exactly what his mind was, where his mind was at. You know, he starts off and you you see him at the beginning, and some he does some things. Wow, I I just disagree because instantly, as soon as he, I was on him, I was like, oh, as soon now, as, what, as soon as he, yeah, I was like, oh right, that's what we're dealing with, and that was that was the way it was all the way through. Yeah, well, my Nothing my point of view is instantly when we see something, he does something at the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, that could be the one thing or another thing. I mean, it could be what I what I was thinking this movie was going to turn out to be. It did not turn out to be that at all. Like so, um, I was thinking it was. Uh, I guess we go into spoilers a little bit. If you've not seen this movie, go away and come back when you've watched it. Um, <laughs> Definitely, you don't want to spoil. But I was thinking good. it was going to be a serial killer movie for some reason. It just seemed creepy enough to turn into a serial killer movie. Definitely, and it. Isn't that at all? And I really thought that was where it was going. And it's not that at all. And where, where, I think it's better for not going that way. If it was that kind of movie, it would have been predictable. But it wasn't predictable. I was like, wow, this is interesting. Um, it plays with like, this is a real thing. People do this. They go around. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's real news crews who get, when you watch the local news and somebody's been murdered, you see some footage, right? So, that footage is recorded by somebody, either a pedestrian with the cell phone nowadays or a news crew who get paid to, to do it from the news or these people. What did they call them? They have a Night name. Nightcrawlers and stringers. Stringers, yeah. Uh, they're just 
people who... There's a whole industry of it. They literally see an accident, go and poke the camera in, as, in it as much as they can until they get sent away and then go, go and get the highest bidder it's for... It's like paparazzi for blood. Yeah, it really is. They're not interested in like... Helping film, anybody. Film, or, or... No, they just want the documented evidence of it and then they'll leave and then they'll sell it. And I never really thought about it before. I know, we, you know, you see footage all the time, don't you? You're watching something, you're like, oh, that's horrible. I never thought about who is that footage. I always think, well, it's the local news team with the little van with the satellite dish on top, but not always, right? No, guess not. Um, and this is interesting because this guy is literally very singularly focused on getting this footage when he becomes in when he gets into it. Yeah, totally. He's just dri- nothing matters. Nothing at all matters. Just getting. A but the good- footage isn't his objective. He no. has a thing in his mind. About a business. He wants to build his business. Yeah. A business plan. He's very focused. And now he's clammed on to this this as his business. That's really what matters. Because he's almost like a like a Tony Tony Robbins inspirational speaker guy. And a you know, one of those uh business motivational speaker guys and this crazy potentially serial killer kind of guy all mixed in with one. And that's what's interesting about the it character. Is. And I think he pulled pulled it off really well too. It was mm. um There were moments I think of genius. It's like genius a mixture behavior. of like is this calm fellow who's well spoken, you know, and, and what he's saying seems all you know, it seems plaus <laughs> it seems like, oh this guy really's got his shit together, he knows what he's talking about. And then occasionally you're like, What are you even saying now? Like it's your mind is um Well he's read and watched he's read enough books and watched the videos internet, which he mentions where about. he just he he locks on to like the buzzword portions the buzz phrases and then tries to cobble that into a life but you look at his life in his little apartment and there's just nothing it's completely nothing like no really nothing but he's got all these superficial things he thinks this is but he's also a criminal like he's oh god yeah yeah i mean he's a thief yeah and a killer ultimately mm-hmm. i mean serious officer. <laughs> I mean, who knows what he did before this movie? Like, exactly. you know, like you're just plunked into it, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I get a little bit of an idea of what he is." But you know, he's he's a chancer. You know, yeah. Even just that small shot that shows that he steals his cable, yeah, because it shows you like a and the bike, yeah, and yeah. The and he's got no. He steals somebody's bike, some but really that expensive one line bike. In the car explains it all. I won't say it. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so and that explains it all. Once you you hear that out loud, and he doesn't, and he that he doesn't flinch at it, and you're like, right, that's that's a problem because you don't care really. Yeah, some of the stuff he see, says to Rene Russo as well in the restaurant oh, yeah. is very uh, okay. I know where this guy's coming it's from. Like, it's like uh, we've stepped into the invention of lying. Yeah, and it's almost <laughs> like everything's a business transaction. Everything. Like, even, a, even a relationship. He has is to negotiate a, everything. Yeah. And he has to have the bargaining power. And as soon as you take that away from him in any way, that's when the serial killer look comes along. Like, I am against a wall now. And I yeah. don't have anything to bargain with. And he flips out a little bit. Uh, the other thing I like to say about this movie, um, aside from it being an awesome story and really well executed, I thought, it looks amazing. Like, if you really like it, I think it really captured um, Los Angeles... The kind of the grime, but like the 
like the you know when when we watch Drive and it's kind mm-hmm. of heightened a little bit the visuals they do that here too it's kind of neon it's obviously all takes place at night but um there's some really beautiful shots of the city like there's a lot of that where it lingers on the different shots and I've just been playing Grand Theft Auto Five and there's a lot obviously that takes place in a fake Los Angeles but there's a lot of those famous you know this, what's you call the beach Venice Beach all those things I've just been playing. And Rockstar managed to make it look really cool. It actually does just look really cool, doesn't it? It's an interesting looking place. It's got. I mean, they glammed it up. Not glammed it up, (laughs) but made it like the iconic parts. It just looked. It's not iconic to me, so that doesn't matter. I don't think if you don't know LA, that's not iconic. It just looks like a city. It could be any city. It's just very different looking to me with the palm trees and the kind of the smog in the air. Like it's kind of looks. I mean, the long shots, you can kind of guess what city it is. But down on the streets, it just looks like every, like Kansas City, St. Louis, to me, been down those streets, they look the same. You look at an intersection, and there's a gas station and a car lot and a beauty salon and then a crappy little cafe all crammed into a area, and that's it. I mean, it looks like... The, but ci- the cinematography I like is, at nighttime. is very... It, it reminded me a lot of uh, one of my movie recommendations this week, which is a Collateral by Michael Mann. It reminded yeah. me of how that movie looks, how you can feel the nighttime of the city. It just feels like like this. A city feels slightly evil to me at night, less so than the daytime. There's something different, very different about the nighttime. You know, about it still operates. The whole everybody's you know, there's people awake and there's things going on. It's just different things going on, right? And you get yeah. that vibe in this movie that. Nighttime is probably not the time to be in this city, but for him, it's the perfect time to exactly, be in this city. Exactly, because he he's loves a predator of yeah. sorts. Um, he's not he's not a predator on your pain, uh, to make, give you pain necessarily. Because right now he's he's decided to have a camera instead. So he's a predator on the pain that someone else has given you. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting, there's a character in this movie played by Bill Paxton who's like... <laughs> His considers himself a professional uh, nightcrawler, I guess. He is. He's got his van and his little crew and he drives around. And there's a rivalry between that. And I could imagine that in any of these type of things. I was sure. thinking, It also reminded me a lot of the people who do tornado watches where they turn up and they the, want to be the first on the scene and the first to get it into the news. There's a... It's a competition, isn't it? It's like a game. Like we... It's we disgusting. Could, it but really then again, is. we're the ones who watch it, so... I mean, I watch CNN all the time, and so that's what you're <coughs> you're promoting it by supporting it by watching it. One of my uh, really interesting things I thought about this character was how ballsy he was. Like the first time he does it, he's got this shitty camera, and he and there's somebody on the floor, like in a, and he just like pulls he pulls his <laughs> yeah. car like inches away from the person, and then starts filming, and he doesn't know how it all works at that point, does he? And the policeman's like, "You can't do that. What you what are you doing?" He kind of learns how it goes eventually, how much he can. Yeah. How much, you know, how much he's allowed to do. And. But yeah, he's completely like, it seems like he's got total, like, I'm no, I don't care about the police. I'm just going to do what I'm doing. That's my job. Um, so, going on to the cast, was there anything on the movie? You Anything else you wanted to? No. So, going on to the cast, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays Lewis Bloom. It's one of my favourite characters for a long time. It is so, for me, unpredictable and really well played. It's Definitely well played. 
I, and like I said to you, there was times where I was thinking of another great character on the screen, and that's uh, Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. And he's he's a complete psycho. But there's something about like when he's trying to be charming. Um, but he's Christian saying Bale, something very. But he's saying something horrendous. And there was parts of that in in this guy. Like he was talking to Rene Russo, and he was actually kind of threatening her. Not kind of. Overtly I mean, threatening her. I, I, well, he was in certain scenes, but there were scenes where he was. He wasn't really showing his full hand, True. but he was. It, it was obvious to the audience he was threatening her. She she was like, "What's going on here? I don't get this guy." And it was it was like American Psycho. It reminded me of that. Like, oh shit, this guy's going to flip any second. Like, completely flip. But this guy's very calm all the time. Really, nah, not really. I mean, he, he doesn't him flip his take lid. This and he was him bash the mirror and. Well, yeah, in public, I guess. I mean, he, he does some stuff on his own, which is a Patrick yeah. Bateman-ish, where he's you know, yeah. like going crazy. Yeah, exactly. But um, when he's on display, he's very together. Like it, and um, and it's creepy when he when he's in the newsroom, and he goes up to the people who read the news, and he says, "You do something very valuable," and he's very personable, and everybody likes him. Like it's it's uh, shows you, doesn't it? Like what how people can hide behind something. Yeah. And I think he does a fantastic job. I think he's very underrated, Jake Absolutely. Gyllenhaal. I don't know if he's underrated. People know he's good, but I mean, he's... Another film I loved with him in was Jarhead. Um, yeah. I think that's a fantastic movie, too, that didn't get enough. Uh, also, that one um, by David Bowie's um, son, uh, where he was like, a, it was like a time travel type, you know, on a train, the train thing. I can't remember the name of it. You know what I mean? No. Oh, I didn't like that one as much. I, I really liked that one, too. I liked the st- story. Of, uh, that was, there's a big twist in that movie that you don't want to spoil. So, uh, Bill Paxton uh, plays Joe Loder. What do you think? Pretty much Bill Paxton. Could right? be anybody. Not even Bill Paxton. It's just, could be anybody. Yeah, he's... um. I don't know. I thought he was all right. I, I thought he matched that Sorry. kind of sleazy dude. Like, he, he really definitely fits that sleazy dude. It was but all it could have been anybody. Yeah, but he didn't do a bad, he didn't do a bad job, I didn't think. Uh, Rene Rousseau. I didn't say he did a bad job. I'm saying it could have been anybody. It's very neutral. Yeah, very I think difference. it's a little bit better than neutral. I, I don't think it could have been anybody. Sure, good. All he did was like four scenes of the scene where he was trying to get him to be. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like I was like enthralled by that one. Uh, so Rene Russo plays Nina Romina. Um, she was good. Very I had not seen her for a long time. It was like, wow, I forgot she existed. Nice. Like, when was no, the, last, really what's the last movie you've seen her in? Oh, I'm it was about weird it. for her to pop up. I was like, whoa, I didn't even not seen her. Like, didn't even think about it. I think it's 20 years ago. I feel that's what it feels like. <laughs> I don't even know what the movie was. I mean, she was in a lot of movies in the 80s, right? Was she? I, that's when she was like, at, at, wasn't it? Or was it a 90s? Few. I mean, she was in Lethal Weapon 2 or some 3, maybe. I can't remember which one. But she's good in this. Very good. Very, and, very good. And she plays this news lady. Well, not a news lady. She's the di- like the news manager at nighttime of the, of the newsroom. Yeah, so just she, the nighttime shift. So she um of the lowest rated channel in the town. <laughs> so when you come with some footage, she's the person to see, and he strikes up a relationship with her because he's got something she wants, and yeah, it's a mutual relationship. Um, but yeah, she's really good. And then finally, I put down Riz Ahmed, who plays Rick. Really good. Who, actually, you remember the um, TV show, what was it, a TV miniseries called Dead Set? Mm-hmm. 
he was the main one of the main people in that um and that's where i saw him uh he's also in a movie called four lions i don't know if you saw that it was about terrorists so. i don't think so and he was a terrorist but uh he was awesome. He was very good. And he plays, he's an employee, let's say. Yeah. Like, he gets hired by this guy. And working for this guy is not the easiest. Well, he's a homeless, junkie, possible right. street corner prostitute guy who, uh, he'll pay 30 bucks a night. He can't really do anything. And then he just, because he's disposable is why this guy picks him. And he's not really the But best. he's really <clears throat> good. Yeah, and he's not really the best person to work for, so it's a hard... Because you don't know what's happening from one second to the next. Yeah. It's a bizarre job. Um, but yeah, he does a really good job. This is directed by Dan Gilroy, who you might is his first movie, but he's Tony Gilroy's brother. And Tony Gilroy's the guy who did the Bourne movies. Um, so, you know, his brother is action, action star. Kind of like the Scott brothers, I guess. Um, well, the, how does that affect this guy? Well, I, I think Dan Gilroy, this... He, for a first movie, this is really well shot. Oh, yeah, very. Um, well made. The whole thing is like, it's a quality movie, like, the whole thing. It's not like, oh, here's somebody trying to find a feet making a movie. This is somebody who knows how to make a movie. Like, you know, he's not a young dude, though, is he, when you've seen him? He's not, maybe, I mean, I had a look. He'd had a lot of experience in behind the scenes making movies, not being a director, but right. he'd been a producer and things like that. So, I'd, it's ex- excellent. The camera work, the sound, the whole... Well, it was nominated for an Oscar for the sound, so... It was really good. Um, yeah, and that... There's a car chase type scenario, and the sound is amazing during that thing. Because, let's just say, um, the main guy, Jake Gyllenhaal's character, drives this Dodge Charger. At some point. Yeah, because he, he needs a car that's fast, can get him to the... I don't think that's why. It's all, well, it's also... Uh, it's his ego. He sees symbol. it when he's broke and has nothing, and then that's how his mind works is, I want that, I will get that. So I don't think the speed had anything to do with He gets it fairly that. rapidly in the movie. He's like in the shitty car, and then he's in this like, no, awesome car. No, no, and he looked at all the stuff he did. We don't know how long... That, well, it was two months worth of yeah. doing it. So. That's what, but what I mean is, I was like, wow, he is getting paid well. Yeah. You know, because he's got, yeah, and it's really, it becomes like the Nightcrawler mobile. It's like his, <laughs> yeah. it's like the Batmobile for him. Um, so. Well, there's no gadgets. There's police scanners. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a bit, it is a bit, um, it's a bit fancy, let me say. It's, True. It's kind of purpose built for what he's doing. Um, so there are some extras on this movie, uh, <laughs> and the extras are actually one. One, And it's yeah. called If It Bleeds, It Leads, Making Nightcrawler. It's five minutes long. It's not very informative, but there is a director's commentary, which... Well, it's actually um, a feature commentary with Dan and Tony and John. The editor is John Gilroy, the three brothers. So John saw all three of them on the commentary. So I'm assuming that will be the meat and potatoes of the extras. But if you're looking for a cool making of documentary, there isn't one. So, in conclusion... What you say? What I say is this is a fantastic movie. Um, I recommend any... Uh, oh, it's an awesome movie. It is really yeah, good. Yeah, it's really it's good. It's one of the best so far this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really think so. We're all the way through February. Almost. I loved... Um, one year, Drive came out, and it was like, holy shit, how can anything top Drive for me this year? This movie is really up there. Like, it's really, really... It's high quality. It's a really interesting topic. Something Horrible Bosses 2 will top it. 
Maybe. Something that I haven't... I, I doubt it. A story that I've not really thought about. I've not really thought about those people doing that. It's. I don't feel like it's been covered. I don't feel like I've seen another movie where it's about a dude. I don't think so. No. So I was very surprised. I was like almost immediately enthralled by it. And never. it never let up either. But it's him, isn't it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because if it was like Tom Sizemore. Mm, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's him. He makes it. He's the well him and Roz, say his name? Riz, they're they just are Yeah, it's, it's and Rene Rousseau. It's a oh, yeah, it's definitely. a it's it's an acting even though it's got a lot of action and stuff, it's an acting kind of movie. It's definitely the performances are great. So uh thanks to Universal for Nightcrawler. Um and if you want to win something, go to aschoolie.com. We've got some prizes up for grabs. Next week's Blu-ray review is Horrible Bosses 2. <laughs> horrible buses too. We have seen horrible it's buses sitting over there. True. And uh, movie recommendations for this week. I am going with on the subject of Nightcrawler, another Jake Gyllenhaal film that is excellent, absolutely excellent, and it's End of Watch, which is another one dealing with cameras and filming. Yep. But from the cops' perspective, and it's a like a day in a cop's life, and it's filmed handheld kind of style. And I think it's an excellent movie. That movie is. Um, very. That's another different movie. Like you've not seen it done that way. Um, and my other one is Collateral, which is uh, Michael Mann's uh, Tom Cruise movie, where Tom Cruise is this hitman kind of prowling around at night around the city, and it just this movie gave me the vibe of that. The way it is shot, you know, it's kind of gritty and dirty, and nighttime is king in the city. So yours are Star Trek the original and Star Trek the original. Just think. If you don't understand why people care about Spock as a character... You mean the original, the yeah. motion picture? No, Star Trek, the original series. Not movie, the no. show, right? Fuck the movies. The movies are not the show. I mean, you can watch the movies if you want, but no. Watch the whole of it. And if by the end of all those shows, you just look around and still go, what's the big deal? Then you just don't, you're not on the same plane of existence as the rest of us who do appreciate it. So I that's what I'm sticking with. In honor of Mr. Mr. Spock. As you like to call him Dr. Spock. But he's not Dr. Spock. It's only Dr. Why do Bones. I call him Dr. Spock? There's Bones, yeah. Dr. McCoy, and there's Mr. Spock. Alright, so also, Games and A. Scully stuff, talking about the Oscars. We did watch the best picture this week, which is Birdman, or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And I feel that the unexpected virtue of ignorance should be the uh, tagline to every movie. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars. The but your comment after we watched it was, <laughs> that is not the best movie of the year. Not the best picture, in my opinion. Um, I liked it. I think it has some very clever I think stuff. that you would have liked it more if you had seen it before you heard all the stuff about it. Maybe. I think I'd have liked People it more if I had seen it you. before the other some of the other movies as well, maybe. But it has enough. It's very tech. It's a technically brilliant movie. I think it's not brilliant. I I I actually feel it is like uh, I think the cinematography and the audio and everything about it technically is like it's like something else. But and the story is funny. It's very funny. I find, um, which is the idea. It's like a black comedy. But I didn't find it funny. I found quite a lot of it funny, but the the problem with it for me was it's just the layer of pre- pretentiousness that's kind of smothered on top of it. Like 
It's got some great performances. It's funny to me. Uh, it's also tragic. But then it's got this... Um, That's why I think you're mistaken. There's a bit where brilliant. she's. There's a bit where she's where he is talking to a film critic in the uh, in a bar, and it's just. I find it kind of ham-fisted dialogue. It's like uh, it's like, hey, you know, I'm the guy making this movie, and I want to uh, make a comment to make critics. This, uh, so you know, like when I get annoyed at Spike Lee. Yes, and Kevin Smith even. Yeah, it, it felt like that, and I was like, oh, this is really detracting me from like what was going on. It's like you've stopped, and now you're saying shit. Like you, and I know the whole movie has like a message to it, but that part. Just, what do you think the message is? Um, Actors are precious, and valuable. Yeah, they're valuable, and uh, people are idiots. Like film film goers are kind of idiotic. Uh, they want to see the superheroes and the lowest common denominator explosions. It even says some of that stuff in mm-hmm. the movie. Um, general audiences are kind of like that. They do want to see things blowing up and stuff and don't want to see Birdman. So that completely makes sense to me. And I like both types of movie. Um, I can enjoy both. I can enjoy um, Iron Man and I can enjoy, enjoy Birdman, which is totally the opposite to Iron Man. But, no, uh, it's not the opposite. But I get what you're trying to say. It it is in terms of like, you know, I just see it completely different. You have to yeah. shut your brain off for Iron Man. It's not very complicated. It's just a piece of entertainment. <clears throat> Birdman's a bit deeper than that piece of art, I would say. I like both types of movie, but Birdman just seemed a little bit overdone to me. Like it was, wasn't subtle at what it was doing. It was kind of blatant, like, and that's what I didn't like about it. Even though I enjoyed the technical stuff. But it wasn't my picture of the year. I really think it's Whiplash for me, when I had to think about it. Of the nominees the ones or all I've the seen, movies that you saw? The ones that I've seen. No, I mean, of the nominees or all the movies that you saw? Of the of the Oscar ones that I've seen. I know. I mean, I'm, so I'm saying, of the nominees, that was your picture of the year, or are you saying that that's the picture of the year of all the movies you've seen all of 2014? No, not of all the movies I've seen. But um, Which one's better than Whiplash? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> um, but Whiplash, out of the awards movies that we saw, I really, really dug that movie. I, I would like to see it again. It's that kind of movie. Whereas Birdman, I don't think I want to see it again. You know, mm, I wouldn't watch Whiplash again. I, I would. It's, it's good. It's really good. I just liked but... it. I just liked its vibe. It had like a. It was kind of powerful and very like energetic. You know, it. it, it it felt like it was on for about three minutes for me, and, <laughs> and it, it was like, you know, it just whipped past. Birdman, the best thing about Birdman, hands down for me, is... Um, Edward Norton. Edward Norton. He is fantastic in that movie. And it, he is being pretentious also, but his character is kind of, you know, an, an asshole. Like, a complete asshole. But he's amazing in it. Like, his scenes were the scenes that captivated me. It, it wasn't really um, Michael Keaton, it was him. Uh, and, and Emma Stone, who's really awesome too. So yeah, Birdman or the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. I think we should just call it the Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. And How about never just call the it Virtue Birdman. of Ignorance? <laughs> How about just Ignorance? <laughs> so yeah, um, we did see that. And uh, there are some games that I played this week. I played uh, NeoGaf. There's a guy who makes games for a living. And he started his um, life mate, uh, just as a dude who surf the web and was into video games and NeoGAF gave him the idea of 
well, just his presence on NeoGAF and seeing how enthusiastic people are about video games, he decided he wanted to make a video game. So he sat down and learned how to make video games and made a video game. And that video game is called There Came an Echo. So what he did on NeoGAF was he said the other day, everybody on NeoGAF, which is lots of people, my game's coming out on Steam next week. It's going to be $20. But if you just post in this thread and say why, you know, like just say something in this thread. I don't even care what you say. Well, I'll, I'll private message you a Steam key and you can have it for free. And he said, the reason I'm doing that is it's really hard to get noticed on Steam. I think my game's good and I think you people who are a small amount of people right. compared to who would buy the game would, you know, like it and maybe talk about it. You know, and maybe go off and write reviews or go off and just say to your mate, oh, this is a cool game. So I downloaded it this week. Now, it's a very, very interesting game because the whole game is controlled by your voice. There's no... You don't need a joypad. You don't need a keyboard. It's all voice-activated. Now, voice-activated games generally don't work. Um, and there aren't, there aren't that many of them, to be honest, because they're pretty hit and miss, you know, like Kinect games and stuff. But this game is a really cool sci-fi game. There's a guy on the screen, and it's kind of like The Matrix. He's like a guy in an office... And he's um, working away. And you're this omnipotent voice from above who can control him with your voice. And, you know, there's a story playing out. And the guy's vo voiced by Will Wheaton, actually. He got Will Wheaton to do the voice. Um, and he's, you know, at the beginning he's in this company. He's a programmer. He's writing. And then you as this, I, I don't want to spoil the story, but as this voice from above kind of see that there's some bad guys coming for him. So you've got to, like, get him out of the building, kind of like how Neo has to get out of the building on, on the Matrix. Right. Now, you might, you know, you, you, have, you can speak to him normally. And the game is clever enough to know, like, what you're going to say, which is really interesting. Like, if you tell, if you, <laughs> if you swear at him, for instance, there's a response to that. He has a response to that. Like, if you, if he, because I think that, you know, the program, the guy who made it when he's making it, I, I tell the guy, I go, look, you're going to have to get out of here. And, the guy, and he, he'll say, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Where am I going? Where am I going? And you go, right, okay, go down the corridor and then turn left. And he'll start walking, that, running down the corridor. And then he'll say, do you want me to turn left here? Do you want me to turn left of the next one? You know, and he'll go, no, turn left here. And you can just speak to him like you're, I'm speaking to you. It's not like stilted commands. It's like you're just having a conversation with a video game character. It's really interesting. And um, say he turns the wrong way and you say, not that way, you fucking idiot. He says, hey, no, no need to get like that to me. So it's all very, it feels like you're really speaking to somebody. Now you think that that's just the game, you know, getting him out of this building. But it's not. Like it turns out to be like a, it's like a strategy game. You get a, you get a team of commandos later on and you get him. And you can tell them, you can say, like, uh, Lisa, who's like one of the, you know, you go to door one and wait for my command. She'll go, okay, boss, and she'll run over to door one and wait there. And then you go, like, uh, you know, Ken, go to door two and wait my command. You've got them all on these, all on four different doors. You go, okay, when I count to three, all of you break the doors, break the door down and shoot whatever's in the rooms. And they go, okay. And you go, one, two, three. And they all break the doors down and start doing what you've told them to. Now, if if you, when they break the doors down and say there's way too many enemies, 
all you have to, you just can say, look, look, get out of there, run, 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 and they'll all run away, you know. So it's what's cool about it is it's conversational English. It's not like right. alpha one two, yeah, which yeah. is how it used to be. It's you can really say or like, what, okay, Google. Yeah, it's not like that. <laughs> right. It's like Lisa, get out of there. She's like, okay, boss, and she gets out of there. And that—that's not a thing that's ever told to you. It doesn't say like, here's a list of things you can say. It says just talk to these people as though they exist, and they ninety-nine percent of the time get exactly what so you say. So when do they not understand you? Um, they un- didn't understand me once when I was trying something silly with them, telling them all to stand in a circle. They kept <laughs> saying, "What? What are you talking about? What are you talking about?" But um. It's the conversational English, and it's not a particularly long game. It's about four hours long, but, and it's not really a gimmick. It's like a cool, I saw a video this week, actually, what he posted on his Twitter, because he was really amazed by the response to the game, and it was a guy who has cerebral palsy. Is that how you say it? Cerebral palsy? Yeah, and couldn't, can barely move. You know, he's in a wheelchair, and he's, he can move his arm, but he, he posted a video on YouTube saying, at last I can play a video game. Aww. Like, like this game is like it was made for me. Like, this kid, this dude was... It was the only young dude. But he was like, I can play this game. Because I can speak. I don't need to move anything. So, the the programmer who hadn't thought about that at all... How could you not think of that? Well, he hadn't thought about it because he was, he was like on the... You know, I'm making this cool game. Or he never thought about somebody like that. And he said, holy crap, somebody sent me this video. And it's the, the video... The, the guy's actually reviewing it with his voice. But he's like... This guy played it start to finish. Like, it's good enough that you never need to use an input. Like, there's no gamepad con- control or anything. You know, there's you don't use your keyboard. You just sit back and speak into your headset. So, cool game. There came an Echo. It's 20 bucks on uh, Steam because um, the free thing isn't. But if you follow the guy on Twitter, there came an Echo. He, he seems to give away codes nearly every day if you t- retweet. So, just follow him and maybe you'll get a free copy. Uh, and the other game I've been playing this week on the PS4 is The Order 1886. Now, this is a cool game because it's set in 1886. It's this squad of dudes and a woman. And they're like, they're based on the Knights of the Round Table. So imagine like Galahad. And they, they're in London in, the, in, 1880, in 1886 and it's an alternate London. And there's been a like an infestation of lichens, which you know what a lichen is, is a werewolf. Um, I did not. That's that's the old Englishy name for for werewolves. Uh, and these, the order, are the kind of the people who clean up the werewolves, you know, and like keep the keep the peace really, like like the police force to keep people from being eaten by these werewolves. So this whole game takes place in this oldy worldy London. It's it's an old kind of alternate version of London where air, these big airships, you know, it's just cool looking. It's like uh, the armor that these guys wear who go after the wells. It's very old English looking with like brass, um, like knights almost, but more, there's a lot more cloth. It's not just solid armor. They've got like um, English flags on them and St. George's crosses. You know, it's very, it's a really cool, um, like, like aesthetic for the game. But the game itself is pretty much Gears of War. If, if you like Gears of War, it's a third-person shooter. But I would say it's Gears of War meets The Walking Dead by Telltale because there's a lot of like those 
decision-making things where you have to like press a triangle to get through a thing or you know press there's a lot of that stuff quick time events as well as the actual is that action. what it looks like also no it looks really really amazing it's probably the best graphics i have ever seen on any video game and, and i'm not like being exaggerating like the line between cgi movies and video games has kind of been crossed with this game it looks there's never a, a cutscene that's video everything is the engine and you would never notice. You wouldn't. You wouldn't go. Oh, I wish they'd have done videos of this because it would have looked so much better. It just looks incredible the entire time. It's a really, really showcasey type game for the PS4. People have been complaining about this game, saying it's too short. It's about eight hours long. But um, a lot of games are eight hours long, so I don't know what the what the deal is with that. People are just being like. Oh, it's only eight hours long. I think they were saying it was five hours long at the beginning, but that's not true. So, it's The Order 1886. Uh, it's out on PS4. You can get it now. So, Sid Talk, well, we already talk about the Oscars. What's for dinner? Tonight it's going to be vegetable soup. Nice. Yes. So good good for when you've been um, shoveling snow. Yes. And a vegetable burger on a bun. And your advice. A non-vegetable bun. My advice is... For all you people who like to say this to other people, maybe some people in this room, this let me think that you're about to say the words, well, you just always like to be right, or you always think you're right, or you always want to be right. Think about why you're about to say that, because the reason is you want to be right, and you don't want the other person to be right in that instance. You think you're right. So if the other person's disagreeing with you, it's very easy to say to somebody, well, you always want to be right, to kind of sort of like knock them down a notch so that your position becomes right and maybe more virtuous. And this is in life. There's lots of people like this. It's mostly non-confrontational people, such as yourself, which is amazing that we're married to each other because I'm not a fan of non-confrontational folks. But hey, I love you, so that's the way it goes. But I really don't like it. But it's that, it's a very... It's almost like a knee-jerk argument diffuser that people like to try to use. And if you're about to say it, like if you're in a discussion, which I like to call it, or you think it's an argument or a confrontation, and the other person is asserting their position in a way that is threatening to you, which seems like all the time for your type, your um, species, (laughs) and you're about to say the words, well, you just always like to be right, or fine, you're always right. That only means that in that moment, you want that person to think you're right. And if you deny that, then you're lying to yourself. And just say it if you want, but remember that the other person is thinking to themselves, most likely, like, what kind of an argument is that? Oh, but, oh no, you're right. I like to be wrong all the fucking time. Oh, you're right. You're right. I, I guess I hadn't thought about it. Maybe I should enjoy being wrong sometimes. No. It's not about liking being right. It's about being right or accurate. And if you can't assert your position in a way that makes your position seem more accurate or correct or whatever it is, that's your problem. Instead of like cutting somebody else down by saying like, oh, dismissively saying, well, I guess you're always right. So that's just, uh." and it's very, very common. I see there that's two schools of thought, you know, Mm -hmm. people who like to just give their position. And there are people who like to kind of not actually come up with a good argument for something, but just sort of 
stop the other person from talking some more. And I'm not a fan of that. So, and I was trying to get to the bottom of it. What is it then? What is making that person want to say that? And then the, the truth is they either can't put their position out there well enough in their mind or they don't want to or they're afraid to or chicken shit or they can't phrase it right. Whatever the reason is, they still want to be right. And they're chastising you for thinking you're right, which I find hilarious. So my advice is keep that in mind. Still say it. I don't give a shit. You can say it all you want. It doesn't make you any more right or me any less right. And by right, I mean in that conversation, either having the more accurate argument to if you're actually disagreeing on something that one person can be right about, or if it's just a matter of opinion, just think about it when you when you want to say it. It's interesting that it's... Well, how much snow is there, would you say? Uh, by now, by about six inches. And there's a dog barking outside. Poor thing. I know. <laughs> Wait. Fuckers. I don't, no, the dogs don't bother me. I mean, the barking But I mean, take the me. dog inside when it's yeah. snowing. I understand if the dog has to go out and shit and stuff, but I mean, it should be like a five-minute ordeal... And then bring the poor little thing in. But the reason you're putting them outside is so you don't have to listen to a bark on the inside, I think. So I want to remind you about our website. It's ascoli.com, sitar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the Stitcher, which is stitcher.com. Just search for after the show. iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, RSS feed. Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. You can email feedback to me at ascoli, ascoli.com. Don't email Sidtar. She doesn't care. Do people really use Stitcher? Is it really that popular? It's pretty popular, actually. Also, I have it on the front page uh, of my site, so you can just click on it and listen to it there. I mean, you don't hear anything about it ever. It's quite popular. I know, but you just don't hear... Nobody, you know... I'm just curious. Um, They don't host our podcast. They just link to it kind of thing, but they have a nice player and everything, So, and plus this, you can search their database. So I do get more listeners through them. Because so they do be. publicize your podcast also. They they do things occasionally where it'll go, oh, is this, week, uh, this week's best movie podcasts, and you might have hours in there. It's just randomly yeah. a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah, we're far from the best movie podcast, I'm sure. I'm sure there's many better ones. But Why do you think that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure there are, though. Yeah, you're incorrect. Okay. What, what could be better than this? Nothing. No, I'm not, I'm not being joking. I'm like, what's better? Some... Dickhead who sits here and analyzes every technical fucking detail because he knows, because he went to film school, or some Yahoo's over here going, whoa, that sucked, did you see that? They sat for ten minutes talking and shit, and then they blew up this fucking car, it was awesome. Is that better? No. Different. Yeah. These are the only three options. <laughs> us. I'd like to hear that, that, that last one. <laughs> Why? It's like, it's, that's Ugh. like um, Bill and Ted doing it. With my hand gestures being like all like, yo, brah. That movie was awesome. Wild Stallions, man. Yeah, that's not better than this. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't, yeah. I All right, so, with you. so stay classy, Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. Also his sister, Maggie. She's awesome also. She's very, she, they are equally awesome, I believe, yeah. from what we've ever seen of them. I agree. Secretary is an awesome movie. See that. Don't, don't see Fifty Shades of Grey. See that. Yeah, and don't watch it with your kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> Secretary. Don't even watch it with your teenage children. No. Because it's kind of advanced in the... Sexual adultness, you know? Uh, yeah. And I'm gonna say, think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, somebody's gonna tell you that you always want to be fucking right.